Hello and welcome to this edition of One for the Road podcast. I'm your host, Randy Schlichting, joined by my co-host, Bob Carter. We are both thrilled to have in studio with us today our good friend, John Cleveland. John's been kicking around Perimeter Church for well more than a decade now, I think. And it's been amazing to see what God has done in and through John's life during this time. Bob and I met him when he was a relatively young Christian, and God has just uh, taken him and used him in just dramatic ways. I often say that if God can do something in John Cleveland's life, he can do something in your life. I'm sure John will respond to that when I get him in the studio here today. Today we're going to talk with him about kingdom investments. It's John's new role, really the last two, maybe three years or so, he's been involved in a venture that uh, the, the elders have decided would be just healthy for our church to be involved in. There's been some mystery about it, uh, maybe some misperception, uh, maybe even some mythology about what kingdom investments are. How do you do them? How do you get involved? How does it work? What happens? All those things. I'm sure John will answer all those questions for us and much more. And I'm sure, as we often do, we'll take a road down to the left or to the right or a rabbit trail or something, and we'll have fun with that. So encourage you to listen in now and join us as we talk with our good friend, John Cleveland. Okay, as uh, Randy mentioned, we're here with uh, my good friend and Randy's Fred. How you doing, Fred? Uh, <laughs> I as Randy mentioned, Kingdom Investments. Uh, just briefly share with us what exactly is it. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Randy. Uh, Kingdom Investments is a grant-making ministry of Perimeter Church uh, that exists to help start and su- grow and sustain ministries that are critical to Perimeter's mission. So that means really working with our community and global outreach ministry partners, both uh, here in the community and around the world, and as well as helping to birth out new ministries uh, within the church. So we really are a advocate for a lot of ministries. What was the, what was the reasoning or, or purpose behind starting Kingdom Investments? Why, why, why did we do that? Well, primary, and that's a great question, primarily was to, as we say in our mission statement, is to simplify giving and multiply the impact. We felt that perhaps with the addition of all of our local ministry partners in particular, that now numbering some 25, as well as all the global partners and opportunities, that the congregation basically was facing a paradox of choice. There's so many ministries. Where should I give? Who should I give? And often that drives uh, donors to do nothing. Uh, just they're paralyzed by the, so many choices. So what we wanted to do was to say, let's draw this down and focus for the congregation on the ministries uh, that are sponsored, by the church, supported by the church, and people are being deployed out and serving in these ministries. So just to give them a, a much clearer focus and narrow that uh, giving opportunity. So how, how does money get into, get into it? We, uh, we do receive individual donations. We have had some outside uh, foundations contribute, but the majority of the funding comes from an allocation of the Pressing Onward campaign. And uh, that's the primary source of funding for our grants. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we were talking about this earlier. It's not just about money. And so share with us a little bit about that in terms of what, you know, give us a broader picture of kingdom investments. And obviously it's not just about finances. 
True. We have uh, a great need out there in the community for helping our our local partners and our global partners to grow, as we say, and to sustain them. And that takes that takes funding. It takes uh, being uh, able to provide project funding and so forth, which we do through the grants. But equally important in my mind are the opportunities that are available for our congregation and particularly businessmen and women in the church to serve in some of these nonprofit organizations locally. Many of them are led by people with various skills, but the majority of them come with impassioned leaders who lack perhaps the sufficient number of business skills to run a nonprofit corporation, which is really what it is. So I just think it's a wonderful opportunity for uh, our folks to be deployed, either to serve, but also to give leadership to some of these organizations and come alongside them, maybe give them the equivalent of one day a month to go by, visit with them, encourage them, pray for them, and help them with some business needs that they may have, whether it be accounting, as we say, or IT or HR or whatever. You know, it's interesting. I'm sitting here, and even as we talk before we turn the tape on, you have reframed my thinking about what Kingdom Investments is because let's assume, let's go in two directions. Let's assume Bob's a wealthy guy, and let's assume I'm not, okay? Can I can I go to your lake house by the way? <laughs> can I can I get use your boat? What I'm hearing you say is there's something for me to do. Let's say I'm an elder, I don't have that very much money. Kingdom investments is still for me. Absolutely. Right. And the wealthy guy, it's still for him too. Absolutely. Maybe he has resources to give and business skills, but me as an elder out there or a deacon there's stuff I can do to tap into your ministry and, and participate in. And maybe I give a few dollars or I don't, but I, but I can tap in too. That's, you're right on both points because if I could just address the giving side for a second, one of the things that we do through Kingdom Investments is in our grant making, the majority, if not predominant, uh, or the predominant grants that we make, require that those dollars be matched by other donors. So there again, that's where the multiplication comes from. But that's a process of helping our ministry partners grow their donor network. It's kind of a way to challenge them to do more than just stick within either the people that are on your board or a limited number of donors. Uh, Just looking at the last couple of years where the economy has caused so many organizations to go out of business, if you will, or to Uh, to stop operating, uh, that's very important to have a lot of people around the table, if you will, a lot of owners. So the matching gifts bring that dynamic, brings that dynamic into play. But from the standpoint of someone who, as you say, doesn't have a lot of money, any gift can get multiplied. Mm -hmm. But the other side of that is the opportunity to bring your skill set to a business And that's invaluable because that is money that these operations or these uh, organizations really can't afford. And the quality of gift that you bring, the skills, they couldn't find unless they were looking full-time again. It's a costly process. So this is an invaluable contribution you make to that ministry and something you can do for the rest of your life if you're available. John, what, uh, you know, when I think about the, because I've seen a list of a number of, organizations we're involved in and can you just give us some examples of, of, of groups that we are working with obviously you know you can't hit everyone and uh, but 
give us just give us a three to five organizations that we're we're working with, and maybe also a, any story, kind of a short story that comes to mind in terms of how we got involved with that organization, either through financially or or through you know somebody coming in and helping that organization. We are involved currently in uh, having made grants of some uh, 51 grants supporting 34 different mercy and justice initiatives. And uh, we've, we've uh, granted something in excess of a million uh, eight. And uh, with matching gifts, we're now up to something like $3.4 million in ministry impact. Uh, but to say what is exciting here is one we we make grants to our church planners we make grants for uh, different partners around the city as we said and well as global partners we've also provided seed capital as we would look at is in grant funds to start a ministry like promise 686 mm -hmm. which is a foster care adoption ministry uh, that actually uh, had been there have been pieces of this working already within the church but not uh, not organized the way that the, the leaders of that ministry did. But we made a grant for uh, $50,000 to help launch that ministry, got them going, and they're doing swell. Uh, I also think about the Alongside Hers, which is the uh, widow's ministry that mm -hmm. has uh, now surfaced. We provided a grant to launch that ministry. So it's not just about providing funds for existing organizations that are out there for projects although that's a lot of what we do but it's seeing God work in some of the hearts of the people here at Perimeter and uh, where he wants to uh, see them go with their passion and starting an actually a nonprofit and and operating uh, with grant funds mm -hmm. to, to get started. John you said share something with me the other day um and it was almost like a motto. I can't remember how you phrased it, though, about what you guys are there when nobody else is there. Do you remember how you, how you phrased that? Yeah. We try to encourage our ministry partners, and we really work through the department heads of the church. So the, uh, we tell the department heads, bring us the things that you think are not doable, the old um, attempt something so great. We want our ministries thinking like that, obviously. But we like to think of Kingdom Investments as being that financial partner, if you will, that's going to be there when nobody else yeah. is. Mm -hmm. And like with the startup of the new ministries, hardest thing in the world to do is get somebody to invest in something that has no track record. Mm -hmm. And when it's a nonprofit, that often brings an even darker uh, view from some people and going, I don't know. But with Kane Investments stepping up and saying, we're behind you, we support you, we're going to put our money in first. Mm -hmm. and uh, pray that God bless that, and others will respond accordingly. Can you share a bit about, we, this has all been spiritual discussion, everything is, but but the whole idea of the board, how do you spiritually discern? Because it, it's a, kind of a scary thing when you say, well, we'll put money in before anybody else does. It's easy to put money after after six other foundations have gone in. You say, well, we'll put our money in too. This is proven, invested, and whatnot. But you guys are taking some risk, quote unquote, here, or it's a little bit like, so, so I don't know what the secret formula is there, but but spiritually, how do you walk through this stuff as a board and talk to us about maybe not so much name by name there, but how does that board work and function? We are comprised of uh, seven people that are part of the Kingdom Investment Ministry team. 
six of those people are lay people. And much like our elder ministry team, two of them roll off of that uh, each year and two new members come on. Uh, we have drafted a charter which has been approved by the elders and the leadership of the church, and that charter directs the governance of Kingdom Investments. And uh, specifically, we have the uh, grant applications, as I said, prepared by a sponsoring ministry, which is an internal ministry of the church. And then that department head or whomever sponsoring actually comes before the ministry team in an organized, scheduled meeting and makes that presentation. Prior to that meeting, we have posted for the benefit of our ministry team members all the documentation, the application, et cetera, so they can be reviewing it weeks ahead of time and giving prayer over uh, their decision or their input. Uh, during the meeting, there is a presentation, as I mentioned, and then there's a discussion, a Q&A with um, just the team. So that's the, the, the basically we, we look at this as saying, these decisions have been bathed in prayer uh, because uh, we know these. Uh, we have two elders that are on our board. We have a ministry team, and uh, we have four other lay people, but godly people, we believe, that are, have hearts and to, uh, to serve and also to, to bless those beneficiaries uh, that um, receive these grant funds. You know, one of the things that I... Uh I'm interested in what you think about this because, you know, when you start listing all these ministries and and hearing about them, which are obviously all good things, here we're telling our elders, what we want you to do is we want you to tithe and, you know, and we're wanting people to tithe to the general fund. Is there any tension that you feel in terms of people wanting to take their resources away from the general fund here and just fund it into this, or uh, you feel like, that's fine. We, we're, you know, people are tithing in the general fund, and this is a, above their tithe. Uh, that's a great point, and it is one that we always tell people: we don't want your tithes. Right. Uh, we don't want you to give that to Kingdom Investment. We want you to tithe, and then with any uh, above and beyond funds that you have, consider giving it to Kingdom Investments, because the old expression of a rising tide lifts all boats. You can give to Kingdom Investments, and that will go into a grant pool that will benefit all of the ministries, or if you want to just give that to a grant pool for local ministries or global ministries or national ministries, that's a second way you can do that. And the third way, you can just say, I am falling in love with this one ministry. I want to give directly to them. And if you give it to Kingdom Investment, designate it to that ministry, 100 cents on the dollar will go to that ministry. So I don't know if that answers your question or not. I was going to ask you, John, you, we didn't talk about background and your history and whatnot. It's probably a subject for a whole other podcast because I'm sure you know, you'd be brought up on charges by the time we deal with all the issues there. But um, you weren't hired to do this initially when we, we first came on board. You were kind of called into it. Uh, what's been the most surprising thing for you? As you kind of, like all of a sudden you're doing this kingdom investment thing. No one knew what it was. You're a starter, pioneer, creator kind of guy. You, go out and you build this whole thing. What surprised you here? Well, it's a pleasant surprise. My biggest concern, quite honestly, was not getting the leadership on board, and it wasn't getting the monies available to make the grants. My concern was the response that we would get from our internal staff, who really had to carry the water here. Mm. They have to go and understand what it means to multiply money and to take grant dollars and see that multiplied. Uh, 
I've been most surprised in that regard, but pleasantly, and I just can't say enough for the department heads that we uh, we have worked with in that they understood that if they really wanted to attempt something so great for God, they had to have this ability to multiply the dollars. Mm -hmm. So learning how to take seed capital like a business person would, many of our staffers mm -hmm. have not been trained in mm -hmm. business or had the experience there. And to see them, you know, have God bless what they're doing and then to see them really rejoice in that whole thing and, and are really fired up about the whole process and how it works. That's great. So they've made all this happen. You know, it's a, um, we've kind of had this discussion um, periodically through the years, but one of the things that I think was interesting talking to you was the fact that you feel that, uh, and again, you know, not to, not to say we're doing either not enough or, to, or, or uh, too much, but the importance of us talking about generous giving, it's important for us to be communicating that in our church because there are people out there who, you know, have a desire to give and have a desire to share and communicate. And so just briefly just share with us about just your, you know, what you found about working with these people, that how much that just fires them up and they get excited about it. What's really been exciting there and uh, is to see people respond, as we mentioned, those who don't have a lot of money. Uh, we've got people who are giving $25 a month hmm. to Kingdom Investments. And, you know, that's not, that's above and beyond. That's what they can afford, that mm -hmm. little $25. But they, to them, they know that'll get multiplied. So they can rejoice in what God's going to do there. Well, I think that just, uh, I mean, as I talk to you, just your enthusiasm, you, you feel like we, we sometimes just downplay this issue about, people's generosity that pe there are really people out there that really want to give and and uh, you've witnessed that and experienced that yeah part of what we we emphasize with kingdom investments is we're going to be responsible back to to donors we want them to hear the god stories we want them to understand how their their investment in the kingdom is being used to uh to bring relief out there to the spiritually lost and to those unchurched and the suffering and the impoverished. And they can do that uh, by giving through kingdom investments. And you're right, there is a, a again, a paradox, I think, often of choice that uh, so many people are just frozen in their giving because they don't know what they should give to. Everything is so worthy. They get so many people calling them, so many people asking them for gifts. And we think this is an alternative that sort of streamlines that and provides major impact for their giving. We, as always, never have enough time in these uh, podcasts, but John, I want to kind of maybe summarize one, one question and whatever else you might want to add to that. Tell us about what, what's the future for Kingdom Investments? What does it look like down the road? And then anything else maybe you want to add, add to that? Well, we actually believe that Kingdom Investments is a key piece to our imparting, as I choose to say, instead of exporting our life-on-life mm -hmm. -life missional discipleship. Mm -hmm. If you think about what we've done here at Perimeter in uh, Next Generation Now was to build an infrastructure where we could build these relationships and provide the staffing for our community outreach in particular. Mm -hmm. If you look at that just on that basis, what happens in the rest of the country is other churches want to do the same and, and be uh, giving, themselves, giving themselves away. Uh, they're going to need a vehicle like this 
where they can help, uh, again, start new ministries, help grow those partnerships, and help provide funding for the projects. And you do it not by, in this way, burdening, if I could put it that way, their general fund or their annual fund, which may cause some people in that church as a new initiative to be a little uh, resistant. But you're saying basically we're going to set this up as a separate campaign, if you will, or a fund, and that's going to be our investment in the community. Uh, so we think that we can give this thing away and thereby enrich a lot of other churches. That's the future, and we think this will work both locally and globally. We've got to figure out the global part, but we've already had some churches express strong interest. That's good. All right, anything else you want to add, John, in closing? No, thanks, uh, thanks for this opportunity. And, again, uh, we hope that if you've got any questions about King Investments, don't he hesitate to you know, ask them or call us or whatever. We'd love to get people involved. Well, I so much appreciate you being here today and appreciate your vision for this and just uh, you know, your leadership. And I, I'm just excited and where we're at it now and where we're going to be in the future. So appreciate you being here today. Thank you very much. Thank you, guys. As always, uh, thanks for listening to us on One for the Road. As you know, we are now on iTunes. I don't think Bob's picture is up there or my picture, so that shouldn't do any damage to our cause. You can go and subscribe and get our podcast uh, just uh, downloaded to your iTunes every time you log on. So check us out there, and we'll see you next time on One for the Road.